G'day and welcome to Partake. Tonight we break into our series Scriptural Delights based on Psalm 119 to give a reflection on somebody who is indeed a servant of the Lord and took great delight in all of Scripture. That person is John R. W. Stott. By necessity this is just a very brief introduction to the life of Reverend John Stott and I concentrate mainly on his role as an evangelist. John Stott holds that he is more an activist than a thinker, which is certainly evident in his ministry as a pioneer outreach worker, and from the evidence of his life, we can see that that has indeed been fulfilled. So what was the life and the ministry of Stott? Here's a summary. John Stott was born on 27th April 1921 to Sir Arnold and Emily Stott. John Stott became a Christian as a schoolboy at a youth camp led by Eric Nash while at school at rugby. Nash discipled the young Stott post-conversion with letters over a five-year period, encouraging and rebuking. This was good groundwork for the future ministry of John Stott. Graduating from Cambridge University, Stott was ordained in the Church of England in 1945. Initially as assistant curate at All Souls, Stott served as rector from 1950 to 1975, and his role since has been as rector emeritus. At All Souls, Langham Place, John Stott instituted home groups, workplace ministry, student outreach, prayer meetings, lay evangelism, guest services, and new believers follow-up. Catherwood comments that Stott's expository preaching was a new phenomenon in the Anglican Church. Michael Green called him the nation's most gifted evangelist at the time, and Stott certainly was the evangelical's prime mover within the Anglican Communion, showing that someone could be both evangelical and Anglican. He has conducted over 50 missions to universities in Britain and abroad, and he is also the author of, a, of some 40 books. What was his role as a pioneering outreach worker? The impact Stott had on Christianity and Britain and abroad cannot be underestimated. Despite facing calls to leave what some evangelicals called an apostate church, Stott refused by saying that it was better to fight the evangelical cause from within the Anglican church rather than leave it. He has spurned the opportunities for promotion to Archbishop. He has eschewed the offers of luminary evangelical theological colleges such as Moore Theological College in Sydney and Wycliffe Hall in, in Oxford. His reasons for not accepting these varied. However, however, it was more due to his humble nature. And Stott appears never to seek honour for himself but rather to deflect it upon Christ. In 2006, however, he was, or, he was awarded the, the CBE. And what was his outreach theology? Stott's maxim is BBC, or Balanced Biblical Christianity. And through this, social action is interminably linked with evangelistic outreach. Fred Catherwood cites 
Stott's observation regarding Luke 16, 19-31, that the rich man was punished for being scandalously indifferent to the poor around him. And while the majority of evangelicals tried to categorize evangelism and social action differently, John Stott did not. Stott's evangelism formula is evangelism equals gospel plus social action, and this is in evidence in Acts chapter 6. And what about local outreach? We only need to see the changes that he made at All Souls to observe his biblical convictions regarding outreach. John Stott exemplifies innovative evangelism, unafraid of new methods, while sticking to the biblical gospel. Michael Green again attributes this to an openness to the Spirit's working. Guest services of this type were almost unknown before the 1950s, according to Green, and today it is almost the rigueur for churches to have regular guest services and for new Christians to be followed up and discipled. When Stop started them, it was a new concept. The service focused on a single point, to present Christ to those who don't know him. That's what a guest service is. And the church members were actively encouraged to bring non-believers to these services, and hence lay evangelism was in action, with training provided. Until John Stott came along, evangelism was seen as the job for the ministers, pastors, and those professional Christians. Stott sees Christ as the master of Christians, and hence Christians should obey what Christ has said. Ergo, Matthew 28.18-20 was for all Christians, and not just ministers and professional Christians. It is this motivation of lay people that helps see the Great Commission being fulfilled. As for the nurture of young Christians, Stott believed new Christians should also have some form of training in Christian belief. Hence the birth of nursery class, where new believers were given three months training in their new faith. Invariably these new believers were also taught in evangelism and helped with the guest services. So that's local outreach, but but what about global outreach? John Stott founded the Langham Trust, which arranges for solid theological training of third world church leaders. The London Institute for Contemporary Christianity seeks to help people to relate Christ to the contemporary world. Another Stott-founded organisation, the Evangelical Literature Trust, distributes books based on solid biblical theology to church leaders in needy countries, financed mostly to his own or by his own books royalties. These groups marry Stott's activist mentality with concern for Christianity and social action evangelism. So what could be a 21st century response of application? For church leaders today, there is much to emulate in Stott as he followed Christ. Stott has an accountability group to help him make ministry decisions, keep him on track, so therefore leaders should be prepared to talk to others about their biblical beliefs with people from all theological persuasions. 
John Stott has shown that if we desire the Father's will, have Christ as our centre, the Holy Spirit guiding our steps, the Bible to hand, combined with an attitude of love and humility, then we can argue our evangelical position against any other. Whatever our ministry is, we can continue to give the church fresh impetus in evangelism and outreach. 21st century Christians should be prepared to use innovative outreach without compromising the gospel. Whereas Stock could rightly assume that most of his congregation had some Bible knowledge from Sunday school, today that is not an assumption we can make. With the increasing fall in church attendances, society now is much more oblivious to the character of Jesus Christ. With the advent of multiculturalism came a pantheon of religions now in Britain. And these two things combined have seen the Jesus consciousness of Britain fall since Stott's day. It is a challenge to us in the 21st century to raise this Jesus conscious. To do this will require spirit-led innovation and willing leaders. However, a warning to be heeded. In his book, Why I Am a Christian, John Stott writes regarding C.S. Lewis's conversion, categorically claiming this to be Lewis's Christian conversion. However, if we follow up that reference, it actually refers to Lewis's theistic conversion. And C.S. Lewis denies it was a conversion to Christ. He, However, he does state his actual Christian conversion was some time later. Now, if a non-believer was to have read Stott's book and not followed the reference, that non-Christian may actually think a belief in God is enough to be a Christian and then stop reading the book. We know this is not what Stott subscribes to. Therefore, as leaders, we need to constantly review what we write and say so that nobody can be led into error through us. He has also recently courted controversy by saying that he is agnostic towards a literal view of hell and eternal suffering for those without Christ, and that he leans more towards a view of annihilationism where the soul is destroyed. For this he was heavily criticised by Christian leaders the world over, and yet supported by others. So what do we say in conclusion? John Stott's life exemplifies radical outreach and innovation, blended with a desire to serve Jesus Christ as Lord. He is truly one of the 20th century's master servants of Jesus Christ, taking great delight in Scripture as our psalmist. To the staff and the many members of the congregation of All Souls Long in Place down through the years, John Stott is simply known as Uncle John. He is unique in the Anglican Church, and that he has always been associated with the one church throughout his life and ministry. In 2006, when on his way to preach at All Souls Langham Place, John Stott fell and broke his hip and had a hip replacement. This event saw him announce his retirement from ministry at the age of 86, 
and he now has moved from his central London flat to a retirement village for Anglican clergy in the south of England. Time magazine in 2005 named him as one of the 100 most influential people of the 20th century. As we have seen here briefly, he was certainly one of them, and it is all to the glory of God that he raised up his servant, Uncle John. Thank you.